talking about how God lifts men. How God lifts men. I just want to set up my Bible so that it can be easy for me. How God lifts men. And it's going to really line up with our teaching that we had on Sunday. If for any reason you haven't seen the message on Sunday, I think that's a good place to start from. So, let's start with this. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of... uh, Where do I start from? Just one minute. And while I'm teaching, if you have questions, if you just post them on the last post that had to do with this teaching, I will be able to take the questions. All right. So, Psalm 113, Psalm 113. Verse 5. Psalm 113, verse 5. So, you know, today when we teach, you're going to understand why as a ministry and as a church, we place a lot of emphasis on the word of God. I mean, if you hear the teaching, you would get it from here to there, but today you really understand the reason why we place the emphasis there. And all of the people fasted. Remember that we will still gather at 9.30 for about 15 minutes to do our daily confession. I would also speak into why we do the daily confessions. You know, I will also speak into that. All right. So, Psalm 113 verse 5. Let's go, let's go ahead. So, how God leads men. Psalm 113 verse 5. Hope you know that this will be your best year so far. Amen. I said, hope you know that this will be your best year so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something you need to write out. And let's say this is 2021 is my best year so far. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Maybe we should just jump because of time and read verse 7. The Bible says, referring to God, He raised the poor out of the dust and lifted the needy out of the dunghill, that He may set him with princes, even the princes of His people. He maketh the barren women to keep house. And to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. One of the things I want you to clearly see is this. Number one, God speaks about two things here. Number one, his intention of raising men. You know, his intention of raising men. So the Bible says clearly that God raised the poor out of the dust. He raised them from a low place. God is the one that would change their estate. Now, I want to see that. So, God talks about, number one, his willingness to do it. Then, number two, his capacity to do it. So, in this service today, I want to answer in a very practical way. So, this is a question. I want God to lift me. I want to experience some lifting. Why don't I, why are some people not experiencing lifting? That's the first question. Number two, what can I do as a person to experience lifting? Especially if you are in the situation where you have fasted, you have prayed, you have waited upon the Lord, and there seem not to be that which you desire, how can I experience lifting? All right. So, um, where do we start from? Let's start from mm, Psalm one one three verse five. Is that what we judge just now? No, no, no. Let's start from Isaiah chapter nine. Yeah. Hmm. The Bible says the Lord sent a word unto Jacob and it lighted upon Israel. That's the first one. So we'll now go back to what we read on Sunday. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. Second Corinthians chapter three, 
in verse 18. So the Bible says this, But we all with open faces beholding as in the glass, the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So one of the things we see here is this. James chapter 1 said this, and this we thought on Sunday, you may go back to it, that the primary way God changes us, let's just go to James 1, I don't want to assume anything. So the first, let's read this, let me just recap a little, just in case some people do not hear the message. So the Bible says, we all with open faces, beholding as in the glass. So he says, I'm looking at a mirror. He says, we are changed into the same image. So he says, the way God changes us is this. There's an image in front of us and we're changed into the same image. Meaning, watch this now. This is the prince I want to see. Everybody is turned into another, into an image. So you must be careful the image you carry. Because everybody carries an image. Oh my God. Let's start from there. When Israel left Egypt, the Bible says in the wilderness, they created an idol. Yes or no? Did they carry it with them? Did they carry the idol with them? What did they get it from? They didn't carry a physical idol, but in their hearts they were idol worshippers. So as soon as the opportunity came, the image of the God they worshipped came out of them. That's why the Bible says that God kept them in the wilderness for 40 years. That he would try and see what is in their heart. I'm only saying to you that everybody carries an internal image. There is a way you see yourself. There is an image on the inside. There is who you are. There is an image you see. So as soon as Israel, watch this. As soon as Israel had the opportunity, the image of their God came out. It was a four-footed beast. Do you know what it means to create an idol? That means they've observed it so much. They've mastered it. They could sculpture it. They could pull the right thing. They, they were, it was so exact. I'm saying this because you must be careful of the image on the inside. So this is a single girl that wants to get married, but you have an image that nobody will marry you. This is a pregnant, this is a woman that wants to, that is pregnant, but you have an image that what will happen, you will lose the pregnancy. This someone that is going for an interview, but you have an image that without knowing somebody, that, like I don't know somebody, they will not give me the image. They will not give me the job. So this scripture says something. It says, we all, it says, we all with open faces, behold in the glass, the glory of God, are changed into the same image. Listen to me. This same image here refers to the image of God's word. But the fundamental thing here is that everybody is turned into the image inside. You are not turned into the things you want to do. You are not turned into the things you desire. You are turned into the image you carry on the inside. And that's why everybody must pay attention to the image on the inside. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, the children of Israel said, in our, it said, we went to the land of the Anax. And in our sight, they were giants. And we were like, what? Grasshoppers in our sight. Guess what the next sign says? Bible says, and so were we in their sight. They will became what we were in our sight. It was the image they were carrying on the inside. So this place says that, listen everybody, it says we are changed into that image from glory to glory. The image in this particular word speaks of the glory and the image of the New Testament. Let's look at James chapter 1 verse 2. So, how does God lift men? How does God change men? How does God take a man that is really struggling financially and change his story? How does God take a man that is going through a lot and change his story? How does God take someone that is sick and change? How does God lift a woman? James chapter 1. Verse 22. One of the few things prayer will not do for you is this. Prayer can never change your mindset. What prayer, if you are prayerful, how do I know that? Did you notice with all the prayers of Cornelius and his offering, watch this all. Because some people say, I've given, I've sown, no change. With all the offering and giving of Cornelius, he could not access salvation. You know why? For you to access salvation, you must understand it. And for you to understand it, you must hear it. Because all those things will affect your mind. So, because God was kind, God told Cornelius, you know what? There's something I want to do in your life, but you cannot access it. Send for someone that will come and explain to you. Until the person brings you understanding, you will not be to enter into it. 
So some of you are saying, I don't know why I'm praying, I don't know why I'm doing this, and things are not changing. It's just a very simple concept. Until you enter into a certain place, you can get certain things. James chapter 1, verse 22. It says this. Maybe let's read from verse 21. Wherefore, let us lay aside filthiness and superflue with thee of nothingness. I want to read something else. Let me just read that 21 in another place to you. It says, so throw away all sport virtues and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word. Oh my God. He says, let our gardener, this is the message version. He said, let our gardener landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden out of your life. Well, I'm going to go back to King James. You know, what I was going to say is this. The Bible tells us how we should not receive the word and how to receive the word. It says, don't let us receive the word like spoiled brats. What are spoiled brats? You know, people that are spoiled, they don't appreciate things. He says, don't be naughty with the word. You know when you're naughty with the word and you're playing hanky-panky? See, let me tell you something then. When you want to practice the word, it's going to work with, number one, consistency. The second thing the word will work for is not just consistency. The word would also work with believing your heart. And most people just find it difficult to be consistent with the word. So see what it says. It says, how should we receive the word? It says, let's receive the word with meekness. Meekness means humility. I've, I've seen myself discuss the word of God with some people before. And they be like, well, I understand that, but that's not my own opinion. I'm like, well, show me your own from the Bible. He said, well, it's not from the Bible, but this is what I believe. He says, if you want to receive the word, you must receive the word with humility. Until you receive the word with humility, you will not see some certain level of dimensions of growth. And let me say something here. The people that have the most difficulty with receiving the word with humility are in two categories. People that are very wealthy and people that are very exposed. Either dedicated or exposed. And the reason why is that when they are wealthy, they feel as if I understand how this works. I'm also a success. So why should someone tell me what this is what the Bible says? I can have my own opinion outside the book. So let's go to verse 22. It says this, But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. And I said, Every time you hear the word continuously, I don't do it, it will lead to a deception of the heart. So there will be people that will come to church and the word of God cannot move them. And the reason why the word cannot move them is because there's overexposure to the word without doing. That's what it is. There's overexposure to the word without doing. So when you see nurses that give people injection, they give people so many injections, they don't take injection. So they wonder what is hard in it. It's the day you want to inject Matron that you see that Matron runs from injection. So the reason why they are tough is that they be like, everybody takes injection. What's that? What's the good injection? Not because they have a personal experience, but because they have been overexposed to that process. So see what the Bible says. It says, for if, if any man be here of the word and not a doer, it's like a man that looks into a natural glass. So this is what it is. And behold himself. So when you look into this glass, you behold yourself. This is a problem. It's not as if the man doesn't study the Bible. It's not as if he doesn't come to church. The Bible says this is what happens to him. The Bible says, and straight away he forgets what manner of person he is. That means that he lives without the consciousness of what he has received. So when he goes to the hospital and the doctor said, this is the reason why you have this disease. He says, I'm finished. There is no solid conviction on the inside of him. That sickness and disease cannot dwell in my body because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. When he's trying to buy a property and it's shot by 10 million, he says, I, I don't know where to go to again. Because this consciousness that the Lord supplies my needs according to his riches and glory is theoretical, it's not practical. When the boy jutes her and says, I'm not doing it again, she puts her head on her hand and says, I'm finished. All this year was wasted because she does not realize that all things work together for good she has read it in the bible but it's not a personal conviction that all things work together for good to them that love god and to them that walk according to his purpose 
So you see her crying, breaking down and saying, I'm finished. You know, she's wondering, why is it that I'm struggling in this strange land? I'm just in this, I'm just in Canada, I'm just in North America, I'm in Europe. I don't know why I'm struggling. Because she doesn't understand that Joshua verse 3, that anywhere the sole of your feet shall step upon. What did he say? Listen to me. He didn't say, I shall possess. He says, I've given you. He didn't say, I will give you. He says, anywhere the sole of your feet shall tread upon. He said, it is given. He says, once your feet is on it, it's given. Meaning what? It's not for you to ask. It's for you to take. Let's go there. Joshua chapter 1. I want you to say it yourself. Joshua chapter 1. Because you need to see what is in the Bible. There's what it calls the past tense of God's word. You don't pray for what God has done. You receive what God has done. Uh, you didn't hear that. Yes, you don't pray for what God has done. What do you do? You receive what God has done. See, and that's why sometimes, when we're in next level prayer, many of you don't understand the way we pray. There are things I will tell you, say, my father, my father, I receive this. And I'll still say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare this. Because the way we receive is by our mouth. In the kingdom of God, everything is voice activated. Joshua 1 verse 3. It says, every place the soul of your foot shall tread upon. That I have what? It means I'm going to give. It said, that I've given to you. Alright. So, one of the things we began to see. I, okay, let's go back to James chapter 1. So, so that I, because I, I'm careful not to run away from time because of those in physical locations I need to get home. James chapter 1 in verse um, yeah, in verse 22. So the Bible says, the man that doesn't, that, that forgets himself, forgets himself and that's it. Verse, 20, verse 28 says, but whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty. Now remember, every time I've been saying mirror, 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 but now it tells us what the mirror is. What's the mirror? The perfect law of liberty is the word of God. Because that is the law that is perfect. It says, whatsoever leads to that perfect law and continues there in. When it says continues there in, it has the consciousness. He says, he not being a forgetful error, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Then he says on the verse 26, I couldn't get here on Sunday. If any man seem to be religious and bridled not his tongues, but deceived his own heart, that man's religion is vain. What does that mean? If you go to church and when they preach in church, hallelujah, I receive. And you step out of church and say against it. You say, whatever you have said is vain. See now, if any man seems to be religious, but cannot control his talking. The Bible says, you are what? Deceiving your heart. Remember I taught you on Sunday how the heart defines boundary. So when you come to church, yeah, yo, I take it. Yeah, you pray. He says, wants to step out of prayer. If you start talking against your prayer, it says the boundary yourself is confusing. It will go back to original states. Praise God. Hallelujah. I say praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So how does God change level? So how does God change level? So, we're, so what we've seen is this. God changes level by two things. He, the, primary way God, the primary instrument for God changing level is his word. And the word does two things. Number one. The word brings, the word brings as a seed, begins to touch our hearts and expand our boundaries and explain that on Sunday. And you can go back and watch it. But the second thing it also does is this. The word also changes our mentality. That's what it does. How, how does the word change your mentality? The word will begin to bring into you new levels of thinking that you were never exposed to before. I'll give an example. Mary never thought she would ever have a child. As soon as the word came, the word stretched her thinking. Elizabeth never thought she could get pregnant. As soon as the word came, the word stretched her thinking. The question is this. In what way is the word of God changing your mind, changing your mindset, and stretching your thinking? The reason why is this. If the word is going to change anything first, the first thing the word is going to change is your thinking and your paradigm. How does God change us? God changes us by changing our mindset. This is what the Bible says. Proverbs 23 verse 7. 
As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So this is what happens. A lot of people are praying but are thinking the wrong way. So the word is not able to have a free course because of those things. Before I go into how God lifts people, let me just digress a little. How does Satan destroy people? Someone say, oh my God. Should I tell you? You would know. Because many people say spiritual attack. Spiritual attack is not Satan pressing you on the bed. Those are, see, before he pressed you on the bed, he has pressed something else. That's the truth. Let me explain the concept. Let me explain the concept of spiritual husband and wife today so that you can understand it. Let me tell you something from the Bible. There's nothing like spiritual husband and wife. When you read the Bible, it's not possible for it to happen. Why? Number one. Number one. Spirits can never lay hold on a physical person and say, you belong to me. They need to have a legal right to do that. So what's the legal right that they have to do that? Number two. A spirit does not have a body to use to have sex with you. Because a spirit, how will he sleep with you? A spirit operates in a dimension that it can move through matter. So if a spirit comes to that you do now, it can pass through you. So, does that mean that people don't have some experiences where they sleep and someone has sex with them? They do. What demonic spirit do is this? And these are the works of fallen angels especially. This is what they do. Because there are two categories of demonic operations. There are fallen angels and there are demons. Someone says, fallen angels are the ones that, fallen angels don't possess people because they have celestial bodies. Demons are disembodied spirits. But that's deeper Bible study. Demons, I'm explaining to you because tomorrow, by the time we say we should break demonic warfare, I need you to understand what you are doing. Because one of the things people say is that let the demons die. Demons don't die because they are spirits. First Peter says that the demons that did not keep their first estate in Genesis chapter 6 that came down. What did they, what the Bible say? Bible says they are held down in hell under the chains of darkness. Why are they not destroyed? Because they cannot be destroyed. Spirits live forever. So what God does is that he uses darkness to freeze the oppression. So that's why the Bible says they are kept under the chain of darkness. That's why if you notice, where is Satan coming from? Here and there. Why is he here and there? Once you cast him down from here, he goes there. Once you cast him down from there, he goes here. He keeps going up and down. When Satan turned to Jesus Christ, he didn't tell them to die. What he told them was this. He says, get thee behind me. And the Bible says, and the devil left for what? You want me to show you? He didn't live forever. He left for a season. So, and just use your imagination. With all the amount of prayers we are praying to kill demons in Nigeria, should they not all be dead by now? They should be dead by now. So, the Bible tells us what we can do. We can resist their influence. We can break their influence. We can command them to go away. But we cannot ask them to die. The people that practice such activities, poor theology... So what God does is this. Have you ever seen someone that has a good heart but misses something? God will work with them as much as possible, but that's not God's best. Sometimes you, you, you have you seen the help that you have that is trying to impress you to cook fried rice and she cooks something that was rubbish? When you understand the heart of the help, you don't really come hard on her. You'll be like, mm, calm down. Let me teach you. So, what God sees their hearts that they really want to pray. They want to destroy the works of Satan. So God works with them as much as possible, but is limited by their ignorance. Someone says, but this pastor said this. Let me say something to you. You have to choose between what the pastor said and what the Bible said. Anytime someone asks you to do something that nobody has done in the Bible before, ask question why. All through the apostles, they've asked a demon to die. Why are you the one inventing the prayer? Praise the Lord. Alright. So, in the Old Testament, they had physical enemies that they killed that God would kill. They prayed that God would kill the physical enemies. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ corrected our prayers. He says, you will not pray that way. 
You are in the New Testament. Stop praying like an Old Testament person. Disciples one time said, send down fire. He said, what? Did you notice? He says, you don't know the manner of spirit you have. You are still thinking you are in the Old Testament. Alright. So, we're talking about believing. We're talking about believing. And the fundamental reason why a lot of people believe that they have to kill people is because they really think that success is not possible except some people die. Is that not true? If you think so, you limit the power of God. Psalm 23 is a New Testament psalm in an Old Testament version of the Bible. What did he say? He says, it prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemy. That means my enemies has nothing to do with what we're doing. They have no power by it. Praise God. So let's go back to this. Pastor, do you know of experiences where people have sex and they, they really, really have sex and it was a demonic spirit? This is what they do. Watch this now. I want to explain what they do. The Bible makes us know that demons cannot have, they can't do that because they're disembodied spirits. The closest people that can do that are fallen angels. And the Bible says the angels that did that were arrested immediately because in Genesis chapter 6, they polluted the human race. So you had abnormal people born. People with seven fingers, eight fingers, you know, abnormal people born. So that's why God used the flood to sanitize the human race and kept only what? The generations of Noah because that was the only pure generation. And the Bible says those fallen angels, according to First Peter, are now being arrested. And not just that, it says the fallen angels that did not keep their first estate, meaning that they don't even have the right to transform and use their body like before again. They have not been limited. But that's what we're going to. What we're going to is this. So when a lady says, I had sex and I saw sperm on my body, or a guy says, something slept with me and I ejaculated, what happens? Let's notice how angels influence people. Angels influence people in two ways. In their thoughts and in their dreams. That's the truth. Look through the Bible. From Joseph, the husband of Mary, in his dream, an angel of God came to him. And projected thought into his dream. What happened? What happened to, um, what do you call it? Um, um, the same thing I believe happened to Peter. Peter was hungry. An angel came, projected a thought to him in his dream. The same thing, when you read the Old Testament, angels came and projected thoughts. If good angels can project thoughts, evil angels can also project sexual thoughts in your dream. And when they project sexual thoughts, because your mind does not differ between reality and friction, your mind will respond as if it was a sexual instrument used on you. That's the concept between my masturbation also. That's the concept. Because your mind cannot differentiate if it's actual sex or it's your mind. So they project thoughts. So those works are, what, those works are called by evil spirits that the Bible calls unclean spirits. Unclean spirits have to do with spirits because in the Bible, the, the demons are named by their manifestations. So, when someone is blind, they say blind spirit. Unclean spirit, when you say that, that guy is just very dirty. You know, it's not that like it's physically dirty. It means that it's vulgar. It's sexually immoral. It's immoral. So when the Bible talks about unclean spirit, that's one of the manifestations of unclean spirit. Praise God. How did I get here? Let's get back to the Bible study. I don't even know. I don't even know. Maybe someone just needed to hear it. Maybe because tomorrow we're dealing with this. All right. So... So, so that's the Bible called about, you know, my feeling on clean spirit. So let's go back. So how does God change level? I was saying so. So the way, I, I said before we talk about how God lifts men, let's see how Satan draws men down. The way Satan draws men, I said that God draws men by changing their mindset by his word. How does Satan pull men down? By what? Changing mindset by his own word. How do I know? How did Satan destroy Adam and Eve? He brought what to change their mindset. That's all he did. And see what it says. It says, I, you will be like God. Were they not like God? So, in cha- he's used this word to change their mindset. They acted on what was said and they fell. They fell from perfection to imperfection. Is that not the same thing that happened to Cain? That's the same thing. When Abel's offering was accepted, the thought of destroying Cain, his brother came to his mind. It accepted it. I'm only saying that how does Satan destroy people by putting thoughts in their mind by word? How does God... So Satan restructures their mind. He restructures their mind by suggestions. 
How does God destroy people? How does God not destroy people? God does destroy people. Raise people by his words. By bringing new thoughts that will upgrade them. Let me show you something. Let me look for one example of Satan. Job, John chapter 13 verse 7. Let's look at something in the Bible. Because sometimes to understand the positive thing, you have to look at the negative. Job, John 13 verse 7. Look at Judas Iscariot. Have you found out how Judas Iscariot became the one that, that, became the one that went to betray Jesus Christ? It was a thought. The Bible says the first thing that happened was that the thought was in Judas to betray Jesus Christ. And he was looking for what? Opportunity. How does Satan destroy people? He will bring a word that would what? Radically transform their thoughts. See what the Bible says. It's amazing. Chapter 13 verse 7. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. Yes. Chapter 13 verse 7. Um, I'm looking for. Mm. Let me just check. What I'm looking for is this. Is this 17? It says, and Satan entered into Judas. Oh yeah. 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 Verse, um, it's not, um, it's not verse 7, it's verse, um, verse 26. The Bible says, and Jesus said, was asked, who will betray you? And he said, to whom I will give a sob. When I dipped it, he dipped the sob and gave to Jesus Carriers, the son of Simon. And after the sob, Satan entered into him. You know, and Jesus Christ said to him, what? What you do, do quickly. Watch this now. How did Satan destroy Judas? Number one, there was a thought. There was a radical change in mentality and there was action. Notice it all. There was a thought. There was a change in mindset and there was what? Action. How does God lift people? There's a thought by his word. There's a change in mentality and there's what? Action. So this is the reason why. The reason why many people finding hard to be lifted by God is this. This is the reason why. This is the reason why. Because when they're praying... Their thought and action does not align with the mentality that God wants them to have. That's what happens. Their thought and action does not align with the mentality that God wants them to have. So, this is the people that are lifted by God. This is what you notice. Their thoughts, their mentality, their action aligns with their prayer. They are lifted. The people that are not lifted, what happens to them? They are praying and they want this, but their thoughts, their mentality, their actions don't align with it. If you want to be lifted, you need to ask yourself questions. Does my thoughts, my mentality, and my action align with what I'm asking for? And until that happens, you will not be able to have a miracle. That was why when the angel appeared to Zechariah, Zachariah's thought mentality. See, the angel brought Zachariah words, hoping that the words will bring a thought, will change his mentality and change his action. But what happened? Zachariah began to challenge the angel. Ah, what ha- the angel said, the way this guy is going, the miracle will not happen. You know why? He will be saying things that were bought the process. He says he will be quiet. Why? So that it will not alter words that will cancel what has begun in the spirit. One of the things you need to know is that what a spiritual transaction. A lot of you have lost deals. A lot of you have lost businesses. A lot of you have lost breakthrough just because of negative what you're saying. The good thing is this. If you lost it because you said the wrong thing, you can regain it back by saying the right thing. So someone say, looks at it and says, my wife is very useless. You're correct. You are very correct. Someone says, my husband is very useless. You are very correct. He's very useless. You know, because that's what you have said. So, how does God lead people? God leads people by changing their mindsets. So, he says this, as we behold the glory in the glass, we are changed from glory to glory. A very good example is the story of Bishop Edeko. Bishop Edeko said the story of, I think in 1981, he said it was very poor. He took the book by Gloria Copeland, got with his prosperity, I think by brother Kenneth Copeland, you know, someone prospered. He went to read. He said he went to read for three days. He said, but the third day he just screamed, "I can never be poor again." Listen to me. Nothing had changed in the physical state, but light had entered into his mind. It has changed everything. Should I shock you? Should I shock you? 
If you are going to have a testimony, you will know before it happened. I'm telling you, you will know. That's the difference between expectant mothers and those that are what? And those that are just waiting for a baby. Expectant mothers have conceived. And they live in expectation baby will come out. People that are waiting for baby are waiting to conceive. When you are in faith, you don't see it, but you carry it. You don't see it, but what? You carry it. The other category of people, there's nothing they are carrying. So, when you see expectant mother, you see them, they say, where's your, where's, where's your delivery bag? They have it somewhere. Where's this? They, they are already positioned for delivery. Question, are you behaving like someone that is positioned for delivery? Are you behaving like someone that is positioned for delivery? You are saying that I want, an, I want business funding partnership of 500 million. Do your books show you I want 500 million? Because when they come now, they say, bring your testament. They don't testament. Your books do not reflect you on that. The way you run your business is a one-man business. It shows you are not ready for expansion. Many of you have companies you run from your room. There are some amount of money that cannot come into room business. Huh? Are you here, somebody? Someone says, well, well, I'm praying for international business. My brother, if you are paying for international business, at that chamber of commerce you have joined, at that chamber of commerce which you are looking at, because these are the very basic thing. So, how does God lead people? The way God leads people is this. He sends a word and the word begins to change their mind. I'm saying so today. So, why do we pray? In the place of prayer, we receive intelligence. In the place of prayer, we receive revelation that begins to alter our mind. It begins to alter our mind. As we pray, you go back and read the Bible and all of a sudden, the light of God floods on your mind. You say, my God, I see it. What do you see? It's prayer that opens the eyes of your understanding so that the things you cannot see before you begin to see it but the reason why that word was sent was this god wants to upgrade your thinking that's why that word was sent so he says to us as we behold the image in the class we are transformed into that image the point is this the image you carry is not the image you are praying for hey people carry the image people are praying for prosperity the image on the inside is poverty People are praying for prosperity. The image on the inside is what? Is the image of hustling. People are praying for a successful marriage. The image on the inside is, a, is an image of a killed marriage. You know, um, some days, some years ago, I was praying. No, no, no. I will tell you what. This happened two or three times. I, you know, sometimes I pray for someone and I can tell if they're going to die. So, I, I don't know if any of the pastors has followed me and I said, you know, want to, because someone said, go and pray for it. So, one time I went to pray for a man. He was in Bacada, I think maybe 12 years ago. As I just laid hands on him, I said, I rebuke. I just felt it. I just, Father, we just thank you for this man in Jesus' name. And the pastor that followed me said, he's going to die. Two weeks, he died. Someone said, how do you know? It's very simple. As I prayed, the image rejected the prayer. Because the image affected the belief system. See, let me tell you something. I've, I've used the example before. I'll use it again. If you're a girl, if you're going to the toilet, nothing can make you a male's toilet. Because you're not a man. What does that mean? When the door is open, you enter into the image you think you are. If the door of life is open and you know you have life, you enter that door. If the door of death is open and you know you have death, you enter that door. If the door of prosperity is open and you know you... See, it's not what you want to be. I can want to be a girl, but someone went to a to- girl's toilet. I may want to be a man. A lot of you wish you were a man. Have you, because of that, entered the man's toilet before? It's not about what you wish. You follow who you know is the, the image on the inside. The image on the inside. So, God says the first thing is this. We are transformed into the image on the inside. The question is this. What image are you carrying? So, um, another time, just towards the end of last year, one man called me in church. He said, please pray. And he put me on the phone. As, as we're praying, I just got to like 30 seconds. I said, my brother, I don't want to lie to you. This person will die. I didn't even know the person that. It was just last month I went to see him. He said, oh. They were just talking. He said, Pastor, that lady eventually died, just as you said. He said, well, how did you know she would die? I said, I could tell. Because when I saw her, I could tell. And that's why, let me tell you something. In a meeting, a prayer meeting like this, I can tell. Most of the time. I'm not God, but I can tell. Because as you begin to speak, I can tell it will happen. One of the, re- one of the ways you will know 
you have the image, you don't have the image, is this. Please pay attention. Desperation. The moment you are desperate, the image is not on the inside of you. I'm telling you. You know why? No pregnant woman is desperate to give birth. They are all waiting for the appointed time. But the one that's not conceived is always desperate. But once you conceive, you know that in nine months' time, I will have a child. The reason why you are desperate is that you don't know you are carrying something. And if you don't know you are carrying something, you cannot deliver what you are carrying. Praise the Lord. You don't know you are carrying something. So, you say, you just see this desperation. And desperation, at the root of desperation is fear that will not happen. Is it not true? At the root of desperation is fear. And guess what? Anywhere fear is, faith cannot work. So, what I'm saying to you is this. All of you watching online, no matter where you're watching from, you become the image on the inside. That's where I'm going to. The image on the inside. So, you move, let's say you move to a foreign country, the North America, you move to Europe, you move to the UK, you move to Asia, and you're there. You say, ah, oh, you know that as a Nigerian, all I just need my daily bread. They don't, but who does anything here? The image on the inside is that as I've come right now in this country, I cannot become anybody here. Is that not true? That's the image. I can't become anybody here. And what happens to you? You become nobody. Not because of the policies and the guidance, but because that's the image on the inside of you. You enter into a complaint, they say 200 people are here for employment, and you look at everybody there, how they dress, you say, ah, I know they cannot pick me. That's the image on the inside. You say, you've concluded, I know they cannot pick me. That's the image on the inside. The image has destroyed everything. So, it doesn't matter if you're fasting. See, let me tell you something. The image is so powerful. The seven sons of Skiba went to cast out a demon out of a madman. You know what they said? They could not address the madman confidently. They said, we adore you in the name of Jesus Christ, that Paul preached. We adore you in the name of Jesus Christ, that Paul preached. So, they, they disconnected themselves from the results. They said, we don't know this thing. No. We just came to test it. And these things are not work by testing. This thing works by faith. That's, the truth. That's why all of you that keep testing next level, no results. All that keep saying, Lord, I'm here because I'm here. And I know that this is it. You see the hand of God. Esther said, if I perish, I perish. He said, I know this thing works. If I perish, I perish. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. There's a way you follow God like Ruth. That even Naomi, the mother-in-law, will say, I need to find you rest. Are you hearing me? So the major thing, the real major thing I see here today is this. That for a lot of the people, the image on the inside is not strong. So some people have the wrong image. Some people have the wrong image. And how do you transform? How does God change you? How God builds your image by building your mentality. It's your mentality that builds your image. So you need to ask yourself. Be honest with yourself. You know, don't lie to yourself. I'm praying that I want to be worth one billion on the inside. Do I agree with me? If I don't agree with me, you know why? Accept it. You now ask yourself, what will I do to make myself agree? Because that's the next step. What do I do to say? I'm praying for, I'm praying to have a child. What picture is more real in my mind? Me not having a child or me having a child. Because those two pictures are competing in your mind. What picture is more real? You getting married or you not getting married? What picture is more real? You healed or you not healed? What picture is, is more real? You, that company growing to 500 million or that company losing capital? Because those are images and that's what the Bible says. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10. Let, let me show you something there. So, when God was going to destroy Adam and Eve, he changed the image on the inside. What did he do? He downgraded it. He said, he said they were already like God. He says, you will now be like God. And they fell for it. Meaning that what image you fall for does not have to be right or wrong. You can fall for anything. Second Corinthians 10 verse 4. The Bible says this. Verse, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carried out. They are mighty to go to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5. Casting down what? What are imagination? Image nations. Nation of what? Images. Imagination is two words. Image what? Nation. Nation of what? Images. God says that this is the way people are destroyed. There are imaginations in them that God says, if I want to hurt them, I cast it down. Let me tell you something. So the question is that, how is the image built? Number one, 
the image is built from back from past experience. Many of you, because of the fact that you have lost a lot of money, you say I'm a failure. What you must realize is this: success is not success and failure is not a, is not an event; it's a person. I succeed because I'm a success. I f- see the complaint failed. I didn't fail. In fact, you need to change the way you think of failure. Failure is, in, is what is a stepping stone, because I can't really fail. I can only learn. I can only learn a, a lesson. So I only learned a lesson. You begin to change the way you think. You begin to change the way you think. Casting down imagination. A, a lot of. Let me tell you something. I'm looking for a simple way to say this. What's the difference between David and his brothers? They saw the same thing. What's the difference? Mentality. It was obvious that David would become the king. You know why? His, his, his mentality has been changed by God. By the time David saw Goliath, he said, I've seen my opportunity. By the time his brother saw Goliath, they took off. Do you remember that the brother of David was going to be king? Yes or no? Because the Bible says that God considered David's older brother, Eliab. Why didn't God take him? I mean, I'm teaching you. Let's go to First Samuel chapter 10. I want to show you something. This is very important here. This will explain to you why some very good Christians never prosper. Why some very good Christians never have a miracle or have a challenge. Please pay attention. I'm going to close soon. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Samuel chapter 10, rather. Chapter 16, rather. The Bible says this. Um, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Sin have rejected him from reign over Israel. Fill your own with oil and go. I have, I send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided a king amongst his sons. Okay, let's go. So the Bible says this. Verse 4. And Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Come thou peaceably. And he said, Peaceably, I've come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to sacrifice. And he said, Sanctify. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them sacrifice. Verse 6, take note. And it came to pass uh, when they were come, he looked at Eliab, Eliab, which was the firstborn, and said, Wow! Because Eliab looked like a king material. And he said, Surely the Lord anointed it for me. Look at the next verse 7. And the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance. That means in countenance-wise, he passed the test. He said on the height of his stature, meaning when it comes to height of stature, he passed the test. Why? He said because what? Listen to me, everybody. I've refused him is different from I did not consider him. I did not consider him means that he was not among those that I was looking at. I refused him means that there was a time I was considering him. But when God was considering him, he was not where God was considering him. Listen to me. He had passed the test of stature. He has passed the test of composure, of mental knowledge, of, of talking. What test didn't he buy? He didn't pass the test of men image. He was a king material, but he was thinking like a servant. How do I know when they got to the battlefield, how he was thinking came out? If he had become the king of Israel, he would have been running like Saul. So, God was saying that I want to lift Eliab. But to lift Eliab, what must happen? He must receive word that must what? Change his mentality. And because he didn't receive word, God says, no matter what I want to do, Eliab has cut it short. Why? He couldn't change his mentality. What's the difference with David? David said in the wilderness, he was a shepherd, rejected and neglected, but was living like a king. The question was this. One looked like a king, but behaved like a servant. One looked like a servant, but behaved like a king. Question, where are you? You are praying for kingship. You are behaving like servants. You are praying for prosperity. You are behaving like what? Like Papa. It doesn't work that way. The key word is this. 
I have refused him. I have refused him. That's the key word. I have what? Refused him. God says, I was, and many of you, God is considering the doors have been opened for your promotion. The doors have been opened, but the image on the inside. You say, Father, I want to become the MD of First Bank. God says, you don't know what you are praying for. MD of First Bank does not resume at 8.30 every day telling stories. Because in your mind, it doesn't resume that way. This thing you are calling breakthrough works on principles. You know, I'm telling you, sometimes you see single girls, my, my sister will join the singles um, ministry, will go for the singles um, hangout. He said, no, I don't want to go anywhere. I said, my sister, I thought you were looking for someone to marry. He said, I don't want to appear desperate. You are desperate already, we see it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You will see some, you will see a lot of entrepreneurs. As an entrepreneur, I break through on the right, I break through on the left, I break through the center. 10 a.m. The brother is just taking his bath as an entrepreneur. 10 a.m. Which responsive human being in his work resumes, takes his bath at 10 a.m.? Your belief, you know why you're behaving that way? Is the image you have on the inside. What is so spectacular about my business? I have to open at 8 a.m. If you know they are rushing you like spaghetti, they are rushing you like Indomie, you have to be there early. Because angels have mobilized people to come and buy from you. Because it's the way your mind thinks. Some of you, when you're dressed to work, all that, you don't even have dress code. Sometimes you wear slippers. Sometimes you don't wear tie. So you don't have dress code. Because in your world, why should you have dress code here? Every standard place has a dress code except where you are. How can you run a business? You don't have an, a business account. You don't run a business account, sir. You are not just serious. If you, see, if you run it, how will you be keeping the money? If you don't have a business account, look for someone that has a business account. Partner with them. You know why I don't have a business account? Because in your mind, what is there? What is, what is coming in that we need current account for? What is coming in that we what? We need what? Current There's nothing current about this money. <laughs> There's nothing current about the business. There's nothing current. You come to church as a single sinner. After the service, you just go, bah, and go away. All the people that are meant to marry you, how will they find you? You have to slow down because they are rushing you. They are rushing you, you know. And, and even in the office, you know they are rushing you. So you count the steps so that they can start coming. You are expecting them to come. Praise God. Say with me, the lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. Praise God. I said, praise God. What image do you carry? On Sunday, we'll delve into it. We'll begin to talk about how to deal with the hardness of heart, how to correct this image on the inside. Maybe I should close with this, James chapter 3. Don't let me just close it. Let me just stop here because so, that we don't, so that we don't rush anything. You know, let me see if people have questions on Instagram and I will see if we can take one or two questions and close. At this time, we'll begin to receive our tithe and our offerings.